It's not often politicians are both praised to the hilt for their reforms while simultaneously calling time on their career on their own terms and all happening in the same week. But that's what happened to a rather unusual Australian politician, Victor Dominello, who announced earlier this week to considerable public surprise that he would retire from his role as New South Wales Digital Government and Customer Service Minister and not recontest the election in March next year. Now, Saturday Extra doesn't often focus on state politics and individual ministers, but Mr Dominello's widely seen even by political competitors as having led Australia via changes in his state of New South Wales into the digital age with government service delivery. And he's gone on the record this week with a memorable quote, I don't like politics, but I enjoy the policy. I simply couldn't resist inviting him onto the show. Hello there. Good morning. A politician doesn't really enjoy the politics, only the policy. Now, I wonder how many of your colleagues feel the same way, do you guess? That's a really good question, Geraldine. I don't know the answer to that. I should probably get a survey. But, um, look, it's the truth. I I don't enjoy the day-to-day politics because it's, for me, it's so... um, I know, tedious. It's so, it's just... That's how we all feel. (laughs) It doesn't inspire. One of my favourite quotes and I I constantly reflect on it, is uh, from Eleanor Roosevelt. And she says something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing here, you know, big minds talk about big ideas, uh, medium minds talk about events, and small minds talk about people, i.e. gossip. And so often in the political realm, it's just about personality politics is talking about people, which is not very inspiring. How do you avoid the politics, though? I mean, I presume it means you don't really have a big power ambition. You don't carry the proverbial field marshal's bat on in your knapsack. Would that be a fair comment? Oh, that's a very fair comment. And look, you, I, I guess in politics, you, you need those field marshals. You need people to, you know, gather and organise and um, make sure people are, you know, aligned. That's just, just the way of the world. But, um, you know, I haven't chosen that path. Uh, you do emphasise that in order to bring in your reforms, which we'll talk about, you did have to have two key features at work. You had to have cabinet oversight and separate funding. Now, I assume some politics were at work in achieving that little duo. Uh, true. I had to use some political capital uh, to get those initiatives across the line. So, you know, I don't, I don't operate in a, in a vacuum. Uh, I'm not a secretary of a department. I need to work with my colleagues. But what I try to avoid, uh, Geraldine, and I've tried to avoid over the last 14 years, is personality politics. I, you know, I tackle the issue rather than the person. I, I don't get involved in rumours and scuttlebutt and the like. And hopefully that engenders some degree of respect and that in itself builds up some capital. So people tried to get you in and you simply just gently push them away, do you? Oh, well, like, I just I just don't like gossip. I don't like rumour. I just, you know, I'd rather focus on tech and policy. You know, that's the type of stuff that inspires me. Like, I'm a very boring person to have over for a dinner party <laughs> because, you know, I don't have much gossip on other people. Um, you know, I, I, I'll talk about tech and the next... Uh, innovation in in digital. Um, So, yeah. Uh, But surely there was scepticism in getting, you you must have had to do some clever footwork to get over the scepticism. So much taxpayers' money involved. I mean, after all, these sorts of issues bring down companies or bring down, um, you know, managing directors because it's just eye-watering amounts of money. So I'm really intrigued as to how you got that over the line. 
Uh, I think it's a quirk of fate and great leadership in the sense that not mine, uh, Gladys. So Gladys, Gladys is a dear, clan, yeah, of course, yeah. So she's a very dear friend of mine, um, and you know she she gave me a license to reform, uh, and as the premier, she did all the hard yards in terms of the political capital. Um, so you know I managed to convince her or you know encourage her to support us on this journey, and uh, to her eternal credit, she. She gave us the license to create the Department of Customer Service, and we started the oversight committee, and we got money in the budget, and uh, and here we are. So, what do you consider your main achievement? That's a really good question, uh, Geraldine. Because uh, let me rephrase it: it's not my achievement for starters; it's a collective achievement. I am a very, very small part of a, a genuinely transformational team. Uh, and I accept that and I understand that. So what have we achieved? I think um, the the overall uplift of digital maturity uh, in New South Wales, and hopefully that translates across Australia as you know, QR codes and digital driver's licences and digital birth certificates are coming downstream right across the country. Well, you even had um, the Victorians basically acknowledging a little bit, just a few... Uh, weeks ago, that New South Wales was clearly in in the forefront and leading the way, which was quite something coming from Victoria, I suppose. Um, but so it's this business of suggesting to the citizen that digital engagement, a digital a connected digital, uh, digitally connected up government, joined up government, can serve their interests. Now, I don't think that was a given at all that you would persuade people of that, but I think you have. Well, and can I also say that it's not just the citizen. This is more than just uh, serving or providing optimal service delivery for citizens because refugees are not citizens, uh, tourists are not citizens, visa holders are not citizens. This is about providing high-quality service delivery for all people that are in our great southern land. Uh, And you're right, traditionally uh, along government lines of architecture and thinking, we expect for people to evolve and revolve around us, the government, because we're the centre of the solar system. But what we have to do is flip that so we make the individual, the customer in this case, the the centre of the solar system and government services should evolve and revolve around the changing, ever-changing needs of the individual. Yeah, and you say the the real yield of that is much more trust um, towards government from citizens, which is a very interesting prediction. Now, do you, do you think that has occurred? I believe so, and and it's not just me that says it. Uh, we've got independent reports uh, saying that the trust levels have increased around service delivery. You know, I, I think just to your our previous interview, uh, the, the geopolitical world is literally recontouring as we speak, and and this decade is going to be unbelievably choppy, for want of a better word, um, and and the landscape's going to be changed for decades to come, and that that's just a plain reality, and the digital world is just in, in you know just completely linked uh, to our future. And there's three things that we need to do to build trust. It's the trinity of trust. Uh, it's the who, the what, and the why. You know, because I can trust you, Geraldine, because I've known you, I've followed you for many, many years, and I, I know your values, I know who you are, 
uh, so I can trust you. But if you're an avatar on the other side of the world, can I trust you? So we need to build trust around identity. We need to build trust, digital trust around credentials. You could just tell me over the phone right now that you're a doctor, but how do I know? So I need to you know, trust, uh, particularly in a world where we're doing more telehealth and other um, forms of uh, qualifications that we need services online. So we need to do that. And then we need to make sure that the service is trustworthy, i.e. you protect my privacy, you regard my security, you're inclusive, you're transparent. These are the main ingredients for a digital future in a democracy. Is it easier, final question, I suppose, um, is it easier to do this on a state level than a federal level? I mean, you know, the glittering prize, you say, is a full service digital identity for individual citizens. But, you know, the the, the federal government has tried this and it, it, it can't get there. Uh, another great question, Geraldine. Look, ideally, a lot of this is done by the feds because, you know, I'm, I, look, I love New South Wales, but first and foremost, I'm an Australian and and if I'm moving around the country, I, I don't want to have a million different apps and a million different types of services. So ideally, it's driven by the feds. But look, I think states are in that Goldilocks zone. We're not too big, not too small. So we can actually do reform. And that's why I've been very blessed to have had this opportunity, particularly over the last five or seven years, to really drive the digital agenda. And then hopefully other states in that federated model and territories in that federated model can say, yep, I like that. Uh, Why don't we try it as well? All right, Victor Dominello. Well, look, thank you very much indeed. And uh, we've got you, I think, for another um, 217 days. days. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for joining us. Good on you, Geraldine. Thank you. Victor Dominello, the Minister for Customer Service and Digital Government, MP for RIDE, who will quit politics next year due to some health issues in his family.